you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia. And how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 343 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, going over the A's 8-6 win over the Detroit Tigers. I got some good news and bad news from that win. You can kind of guess what it is if you know anything about the game. And then uh, in the second segment, I am going over the importance of the starting rotation once they get, or they're already in Toronto, but in Toronto, the importance of the starting rotation from what we saw in this series against Detroit. And then in the third segment, we're going over the Wild Wild West Watch. There was only one other team in contention with the A's that actually played on Thursday. So we're giving you the schedules of all of these teams coming up this weekend and what to look out for. So that's what we got coming up for you guys today. But before I get into anything, this episode is being brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join me this week and uh, at game time, probably on Sunday to get in on the action. It should be a lot of fun. Um, I, I always enjoy talking with the people that are the, the regulars of the Spotify Green Room. You build re- relationships and you build rapport and you find out who everybody's favorite players are and yet you, you talk age history. It's a good time. So go download the app. Um, also, make sure to follow us on social media at LockedOnAids on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, this is uh, a podcast-only episode. Um, I am now recording this at roughly 2 a.m. Long, long day. I am not camera-ready right now. Lots of production duties on a separate podcast that I had to get to that took much longer than I thought. So, uh, podcast-only, I apologize. We'll have more YouTube, more consistent YouTube content. Uh, as, you know, we, we get into the flow of things. But speaking of getting into the flow of things, the A's took two of three in Detroit. They should have probably swept this series if the bullpen had not completely blown up on a couple of occasions. But you'll take two out of three against a team like Detroit, who's actually been a pretty good team. And also, for the season, they're now, what did they have a four-game series before? They, they only lost one game on the whole season against the Detroit Tigers, and the Detroit Tigers are an up-and-coming team, so that is good for now. Get those wins in before they get a whole lot better, and you know, like when the Astros were really, really bad, and the A's went like 15-4 and against them their first year in the division, and uh, it's it's been downhill ever since, so you gotta accumulate those wins to make you feel good in the meantime, but uh, I got good news and bad news from this game. The good news, they won the game. They led 8 to nothing, and they they held on, and that's the good news. Uh, also, Mark Canna looked okay. He went one for three with a home run, which is solid. Another opposite field home run for Mark Canna in this one. He hit it pretty hard. Not as hard as Chris Davis hit the first pitch that he saw. That's another good thing from this game. He went two for three after pinch hitting for Jed Lowry because the A's were already up like seven to nothing at this point. And they had a couple of runners on and they're like, hey, how about we just get some Chris Davis and Matt Bats? 
because we're winning this game by so many runs. Nobody has ever come back from an eight-run deficit, except for the Kansas City Royals in game 20 of that win streak. But, you know, beside the point, doesn't matter. Never happened since then. Never will happen again. Uh, game over. But uh, Chris Davis got a pinch hit appearance against the lefty reliever that was brought in by Detroit. And uh, he smoked that ball down the line, down the left field line. It got caught under the fence. And, uh, you know, Robbie Grossman's like, I can't get the ball. It's a ground rule double. And it should have been... I'm going to say it inside the park home run. Probably could have been a triple, if we're being honest. <laughs> I don't know. Probably a double, but two runs would have scored. He would have had two RBI with one swing at the bat, one pitch, two RBI. Uh, that would have been really, really good production from Chris Davis on the first pitch that he saw. But alas, it went under the fence and it was stuck there. So it was a ground rule double and only one run scored. So, oh, well, uh, he went... And he got that double, so that's that's awesome. And then that first pitch that he saw, it was the fourth hardest hit ball in the entire game. It went 106.6 off the bat. And if you're like, oh, that's you know that's pretty cool. There was also a bunch of home runs that this was hit harder than in this game. Akil Badu's home run hit less hard. Mark Canna's home run hit less hard. Uh, Sterling Marte was the only guy, his home run was the only one that was hit uh, harder than this uh, on the A side. And there was, uh, I think, Eric Haas and uh, one other one from the Detroit side. It might have been Candelario. I'm not positive. But anyways, moving on, let's talk about the bad stuff. And the main bad thing in this game was that it got close. It was eight to nothing and it ended up being eight to six. That's not what you want to see. Frankie Montas was pretty decent. He went six and two thirds in this game, gave up five hits, three runs, two of those, or all three of those came on home runs. So, you know, whatever. Uh, he walked three, struck out seven. Uh, you know, not a bad Frankie Montas line. It, obviously that last home run was a two run shot uh, to Akil Badu. And that's the one that kind of chased him from the game. So without that, his line looks a whole lot better. It looks a lot closer to what he's done against both the Giants and the Yankees in recent starts. Uh, but that seventh inning was kind of his undoing. He started off with a walk, and then there was, you know, a couple of fielder's choices, and there was two outs, and that was great. And then he gave up that home run to Akil Badu, and uh, that's what got him out of the game. Diolis Guerra came in, and Diolis Guerra's had a really good season. Yesterday really screwed up his ERA, if I'm being honest. And so given the A's win, I feel bad for Diolos Guerra in that regard. But uh, once he came in, bases were empty. A's were up 8-3 to three in this game. He faced, uh, was it four batters? I think it was four batters. He went single, single, home run. And that was the Candelario home run that was absolutely crushed. Uh, so there's three runs right there. All of a sudden, 8-6 to six game. And then he gave up another single. And that's the one that knocked Diolos Guerra out of the game. He faced four hitters, and uh, all four of them got hits. Three of them scored, and uh, that's what forced Bob Belvin to go over to uh, Andrew Chafin from there on, and he got the final out, the elusive final out of the seventh inning, and then worked the entirety of the eighth inning, and then he just handed the ball over to Sergio Roma, who's kind of the de facto closer right now because Lou Trevino's been dealing with back spasms, so he's been unavailable, and you can kind of feel the impact of not having Lou Trevino, uh, one, available, and two, not pitching terribly well when he has been available of late. So uh, also, Burt Smith, I don't think that they're using him anymore. I don't know. It feels like the A's don't have any more options. It's been weird. Uh, feels like they got like four guys and you're like, all right, well, you're you're both good and bad sometimes. Go at it. And then they we see what where the chips fall at the end of the game. Who has more runs? Usually it's the A's, but sometimes it's the other guys of late. 
you know, the last week or so. Uh, so that's where we are right now. The bullpen is a little bit worrisome. And especially after, you know, this series against the Detroit Tigers, because the Tigers are a good team, but they're not a good offensive team. The A's really took advantage of their the Tiger pitching a lot more than I thought they were going to in this one. They scored a bunch of runs in this entire series. What was it, about nine, eight, and six? Yeah, I'll take that against these. They're built on pitching. They do not have bats, but again, they, they only won two out of three, so that kind of stinks. The A's need to do better. And all season long, I've been saying, you know, it, it's early, it's this, it's that, it's fine, you know, this is just baseball. But now it's September. And September bleeds into October, and October is when things, like bad things, cannot happen. So, uh, yeah, do do better now. We, we should have all the kinks worked out. Have have a better bullpen, please. Uh, I'd really appreciate that. But uh, And also, one other thing that I am a little bit worried about is that the A's don't have that killer instinct. They're up by eight, and then they just stop scoring. And I know that you're up by eight, you probably shouldn't need more runs, but score more runs anyway. Do it. Do it. That's how you fix that run differential problem that you had earlier in the season where, you know, teams or, you know, uh, analysts aren't taking you seriously because your run differential is like, okay. And it's because of games like this when you're leading by eight and then you don't keep scoring and then you give up six and then you're, you end up with a run differential of two in the game. Uh, get, get that killer instinct. And I got more to say on Killer Instinct when it comes to Sean Mania coming up on the show. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. I've been reading this copy for a couple of weeks now, and... Every time I see that NFL Survivor Contest, my eyes light up. That sounds like so much fun. So I need to head on over to their website or use my mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. And also be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. And that's when you make a bet on Thursday, September 9th. That is the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, and if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from basketball to hockey to boxing. They got you covered, and they have great offers for the 2021 season. So go to Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. And also make sure to subscribe to our YouTube page because uh, that is going to be filled with so much content. Get on board. Uh, see this face. Usually late at night. I'm going to have a new background. Maybe the next time you see me. I don't know. I don't know what our plans are for tomorrow in the redecorating the house baby preparation phase. But we got rid of that table. And it, I'm exhausted. But we got rid of that gigantic table. Took it downstairs. And uh, it is gone. And now I'm going to be having a nice clean background and it's going to be a lot of fun for the YouTube people. And also, if you're a podcast person, you can become a YouTube person. Subscribe to the page. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about that killer instinct. And I think that that is what 
the analyst or, you know, the beat writers, uh, specifically uh, Steve Berman of the, the Athletic, is saying that Shamanai has been missing of late. Is that killer instinct? Because his velocity seems to be there. He's he's not really changing anything with his pitches. It's just he's missing something. And the belief is that it might be mental. And it might be that killer instinct that we heard so much about early on in the season where he was like, no, I'm going to go attack the inner half of the plate, mostly the inner third of the plate. And that's where he was getting success because that's somewhere where he hadn't been pitching before. And maybe he's gone away from that or he's not doing it with as much authority. So it might be a mental shift. And now that the calendar has flipped to September, maybe we'll see it. Maybe he... We, I'll go over his stats here in a second, but in June, you, you saw he had that killer instinct. He had five starts, 32 innings pitched. That's more than six a start on average. That's fantastic. He had a 113 ERA and an 097 whip. He was just glorious in the month of June. In July, five starts, 30 innings pitched. Again, averaging over six innings a start. In that month, he had a 3.30 ERA with an 0.97 whip. The same whip as the month before, slightly you know more in the ERA column, but still, you will take a 3.30 ERA from Sean Manaya, who, and with those stats, with Frankie Montas pitching the way that he has of late, and you know Chris Bassett, if he's healthy, that's a really good number three starter, maybe a number two starter out of Sean Mania when he's pitching like that. But if he's pitching like he was in August, yikes, because he had, again, five starts. He went 20 innings. That's always just 20 innings. That is an average of four a game. And that is something that it has to be rectified against a very tough ball club in Toronto. Uh, he also had a 990 ERA, almost a 10 ERA and a 190 whip. He was allowing two, two base runners per inning on average. That's not good. So we're going to have to see a little bit more from Shamanaya starting today in Toronto. Uh, it's going to be difficult for sure because Toronto, when they're, you know, all hitting, they are just, they'll just double you to death or single you to death or homer you to death. They can beat you in so many ways. It's death by a million hits. Um, that's how the phrase goes, right? <laughs> but no, they're, they're a ridiculously good team and it's not really fair, I don't think. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what he does, but they got George Springer back. That's not great for Shamanaya. They still got Marcus Samian, who's been really, really good. And, you know, they should have re-signed him and all that stuff. Yes, yes, yes. But he's still on that team. Uh, Vlad Jr., still the, you know, he's probably not going to win the AL MVP just because Shohei Otani, but he's having a really darn good year. And then uh, they've got Gurriel Jr. He's been really good. They've got uh, Teoscar Hernandez. He's been really good. They're just a one through nine of guys you don't want to face. And arguably, when they're on, the scariest offense in baseball. So uh, Sean's going to have his work cut out for him in the start is all I'm going to say. So he's going to need that killer instinct. That's something that he's missing right now, that mental shift. He's going to need that. Hopefully he found it when he, found his, when he got his passport out of his luggage to go into Canada. Hopefully he found that killer instinct too. Maybe it's just a calendar flip because baseball's weird. Some guys are like, yeah, no, I just need the calendar to flip and then I will be better. And, you know, we, we've seen Chris Davis struggle for two years and all of a sudden he had 10 home runs in 16 games in AAA. He got the call. He ripped the first pitch that he saw 
it's a mental game. It can wear you down mentally, and hopefully Shamanaya still got some mental acuity left for the season because uh, the A's need him right now. And with you know Chris Bassett down, they need Manaya and Montas both to be at their the top of their game if the A's are going to, one, make the playoffs, and two, make a dent in the playoffs. Uh, they, they can only rely on Paul Blackburn for so long, who's been a very nice surprise. Is this the start that uh, we, we see the old Paul, Paul Blackburn, or is he legitimately this new pitcher that we've seen? He went five shutout against the Yankees on Sunday night, on Sunday night baseball. That was surprising. If he shuts down this Toronto Blue Jays offense again, or, you know, not again, but this Toronto Blue Jays offense and shuts down another formidable force in the AL East, I'm going to start buying some some stock in Paul Blackbird. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and he's going to be the Saturday starter. So the ace probables for this series, uh, I, I don't know if they've necessarily been announced, but on fan graphs, they have Shamanaya and the, on Friday, then they got Paul Blackburn on Saturday, and then Cole Irvin on Sunday. That makes sense. That's how the lineup or the uh, the rotation has been going. So that that makes sense, unless something funky happens. But we'll see on that front. And then for Toronto, they have not announced any of their starters on the uh, MLB app, but on Fangraphs on their roster resource page, they do have three probable starters. And if you go back in you know just two games and you look at the the uh, the Jays rotation. These guys haven't pitched in the last two days, so, I mean, it would make sense. But uh, sometimes they're wrong, but according to Fangraphs, their starters are Alec Manoa, who's been absolutely fantastic. He's a rookie, he's uh, he's filthy, and he's really, 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 really good. He's kind of helped solidify the starting rotation for the Toronto Blue Jays. Why they haven't won more games, I do not know. But Alec Manoa is not the reason why. It's probably their bullpen. So let's attack the, the Blue Jay bullpen and also the starters. Keep scoring 8 to 10 runs and that, that might actually not uh, seal you a bunch of victories. But it should help that case because Toronto has a really good offense, but Alec Manoa, he's starting on Friday against Sean Manaya, the Manaya Manoa matchup. That should be a lot of fun. And then on Saturday, presumably we're going to see Jose Barrios, who was acquired from the uh, Minnesota twins. He's a really good starter. He does sometimes get into some trouble. He's not like a shutdown guy. He's kind of like Frankie Montas where he can shut you down, but sometimes he'll give you three or four and keep you in. Uh, so we'll see how that goes, but it's him against Paul Blackburn. So if Paul Blackburn falters at all, then you, you probably got to give the, the edge to Jose Barrios in that one. And then on Sunday, it's uh it's Cole Irvin, who's been a really good pitcher for the A's this season going against Cy Young candidate, Robbie Ray who is just a strikeout machine. He throws it from the left, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll see how Sunday goes. Uh, should be a fun, fun weekend. We'll, we'll see. But my main point here is that the A's are going to need, especially after what we saw in Detroit, they're going to need innings from their starting pitching because they, they don't have the bullpen options that we're accustomed to, mostly because Lou Trevino's been out. If Lou Trevino's better, then maybe they can piece some things together. And also maybe, maybe with the off day looming on Monday, these just have off days on Monday now, maybe with that, uh, there's going to be a little bit less caution on when you can use guys and pitching guys back to back days and stuff like that, because you have that planned off day on Monday. So maybe that's something that we can, you know, kind of bank on or hope for is maybe we can see everybody pitch two two out of these three games. 
or at least two out of four if you take into account Thursday's game as well. Um, so that's kind of the hope right now is kind of go for broke because you, you want to win these games because Toronto is pretty close to the A's. And I'll get over how close they are and how close the A's are to Houston and Boston and the Yankees and all of all of the playoff hunts coming up for you guys. So stay locked in. We're locked on A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar in the world, and that is Built Bar, my friends. And Built Bar has so many delicious flavors, and there is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. For me, Cherry Barcia all day, every day. If you don't like Cherry Barcia, uh, there's a lot of hosts that like the coconut flavors like coconuts. Or sometimes they have a coconut brownie chunk, which is fantastic. They also have raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. And my favorite is always Cherry Barcia. But I also love all of these special limited time flavors that they bring in. So if if you go to Built Bar and you don't see any special flavors, pick up a mix box. Find out what your favorite core flavor is. And when you do, you get two of each of their nine flavors. And with each of these bars, you're getting 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 per bar, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 or 5 net carbs. All of these are amazing flavors. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. And to get your hands on some of these delicious treats, all you got to do is go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirectTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. And also make sure to follow this podcast uh, on YouTube because that I'm, I'm pushing YouTube, you guys. Get, get, get all of the subscribers to YouTube. Very much appreciated. Thank you guys very much. <laughs> all right, but let's get into the wild, wild West Watch. Boston beat the Rays 4 to nothing, so there was no movement there. The A's are still two back of the Boston Red Sox, and they're the only team in this entire hunt that played along with the A's on Thursday. So a uh, quick note on that game, Eduardo Rodriguez went six innings, scoreless because they didn't allow any runs in the entire game. And then Garrett Richards went three in relief and the two of them just combined for a shutout. That's interesting to me. 
Uh, I made fun of the Red Sox yesterday when they won uh, Chris Hale start. And I was like, yeah, cool. They won Chris Hale start. That doesn't mean that they've changed at all. They still stink. And then they, uh, they did something different. So I'm intrigued. I guess. Uh, so I guess let's run down the standings from there. Uh, Houston is now four and a half up on the A's because the A's gained half a game. Could be three and a half if their bullpen had held together, but it's four and a half right now. Uh, the Yankees are three and a half up on the A's for the first wild card. The Red Sox are up two games for the second wild card. Uh, Seattle is two back of the A's. Toronto is three back of the A's, and they are playing a three-game set this weekend. So uh, don't get swept is kind of what I'm going with. Also, win two out of three. Win the series. Win two out of three. Go have a four and two week. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I've been hoping for. Or a five and one week or, you know, just sweep the entire week. But uh, that's out the window right now. So at least win the series against the Blue Jays and put them in the rear view as much as you possibly can. Sweep them if you want to. Get them six games back. Uh, I don't care. I'm done with Toronto. I would like the A's to solidify their positioning as the third wild card this weekend. <laughs> but uh, let's run down who everybody's playing this week or this weekend. Uh, Houston is going to be in San Diego for three. The Houston Astros are six and eight against the NL this year, and they lost two of three to San Diego in May. San Diego is a much different team, so I don't know uh, how much help we should be expecting. If they win one out of three, I guess, sure. If they win two out of three, I'll be ecstatic um, because, wow, they are struggling so bad. Uh, the New York Yankees got three against Baltimore coming up, and Baltimore doesn't seem like the, the opponent that you want anybody facing right now because they haven't been playing well, but the Yankees are only eight and five against Baltimore this year. Uh, I'd have to look and see if the A's are actually better or worse against Texas, but they're like Texas to, to the Yankees, I guess. Um, also, it's in Yankee Stadium, so maybe that plays a, a factor as well. And then you got the Boston Red Sox. They got three against Cleveland at home. Uh, last weekend, they also played, and the Red Sox won two out of three in Cleveland, so probably not going to be getting a lot of help from them. Uh, Seattle's got three in Arizona. And this is the first time that they have played this month or this uh, this year. I apologize. Uh, they they play next weekend too. So ho hopefully we get some good news, and then we can hope for better things next weekend too. Uh, one good note on this series is that the Arizona Diamondbacks won their first game in September, so they're one and zero this month. They're a formidable beast. And uh, they're going to sweep the Mariners, I guess, is what we can deduce from that. <laughs> all right. Uh, but that is all that I got for you guys today. It is now 2.30 in the morning, and uh, I'm going to post this. So until next time, uh, go on and celebrate good times, Oakland. Uh, get a lot of sleep, and I'll talk at you guys later. Bye.